Yes, you're listening to Wednesday Bible Study on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. We're going to be taking a look at John chapter 11. Now, some of you may wonder, why are we looking at John chapter 11? Isn't that about Lazarus? Don't we know everything about Lazarus? Well, I do not think we do. And there's quite a bit to say about Lazarus being raised from the dead by Jesus. There's just some things that occur in the text that you might find interesting. So turning to John chapter 11, this is an opportunity for congregations to meet together at 9.30 on Wednesday, Central Time. Listen to me for half an hour and then discuss what we had to say for another half hour or so, as well as people at home, in groups, etc. So we also have just been alerted that we may have the program interrupted in order to find out some of the conclusions of the presidential election of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. That may be occurring in about 10 minutes. So we'll see how we do with Lazarus chapter 11. A certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, we know Mary and Martha. Jesus had gone and done a little Bible study there. Mary was listening, but Martha was all caught up in trying to make sure, well, do we have a good enough meal? And what was interesting about the Mary and Martha incident is that Martha blames Jesus. Don't you care? that my sister isn't helping me. Well, she then obviously began to listen to the Bible study. And in verse 2 of chapter 11, it was this Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now, One would imagine that as soon as Jesus heard that, he would begin rushing to where Lazarus was. But God doesn't think like you and I think. When he heard it, Jesus said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, I'm sure when the disciples heard that, they had no idea what Jesus was talking about they would have probably jumped to the conclusion, well, he's not going to die. He's probably ill, falling asleep, etc. Well, it continues. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he went right away? No. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, there's no doubt that they were aware of the fact that leading rulers of the Jews wanted to put Jesus to death. And so they really didn't want to go back to Judea, the disciples. So after the two days, Jesus says to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, The Jews were just now seeking to stone you. 
And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. This is a very common understanding in the Bible that believers are walking in the light, unbelievers are walking in the darkness. Uh, Remember when Nicodemus came to see Jesus? He came at night because he didn't want others to know that he was speaking to the Messiah because the word had already been put out by the Pharisees that if anybody is going to be following the Messiah, they need to be removed from synagogue worship. So Jesus says to the disciples, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now, when you hear this from Jesus, you take it literalistically, and the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, John, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, explains in verse 13, Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Boy, this just doesn't make any sense. When Jesus says, Lazarus has died, and I'm glad I was not there, can you imagine the position of the disciples? Well, didn't you want to be there in order to keep him from dying? But let's go. And Thomas, called the twin, now remember this is the doubting Thomas, said to his fellow disciple, let us also go that we may die with him. So, Once more, we see God acting in a way that just really is odd. A good friend of his is ill, and he decides to stick around for a few more days. Now, why does he do that? Well, death was not legally recognized until somebody had been in the grave for a few days. That's why Jesus was in the grave from Friday to Sunday. Death had definitely occurred. And that's why Jesus waited. He wanted to make sure Lazarus, from the point of view of the people, had truly died. Now, why did Jesus say he's asleep? Well, if you go into most cemeteries, you will see a sleep in Jesus on a lot of tombstones. Because we believe, teach, and confess, as Jesus says later on, that Christians never die because he's referring to that second eternal death of hell punishment. That never happens to a Christian. We may die a physical death. We will not die a spiritual death. So Thomas says, let us go that we may die with him also. When Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, that's really critical uh, because of the rabbinic belief that the soul hovers over the body for three days 
and then departs when decomposition sets in. In other words, if Lazarus is going to be raised, he's definitely going to be raised from the dead. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, that was a thinking also on the part of the disciples. Why are we waiting so long? Boy, but guess what? When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him and said to him, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now, where does she get that faith? Well, remember, this is the one who was spending time making a meal and getting angry at Jesus and Mary for not helping her. But then she would have sat down and heard the Bible study. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha replies, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So that's something that Jesus has already been talking about. That on the last day, that's judgment day, any dead body in the ground will rise and be rejoined to the spirit that is with Jesus in heaven during the interim. And then Jesus says these wonderful words in verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And then listen to the next part, verse 26. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Well, does that make any sense? Uh, On the one hand, he says, if you do die, you will live. And then if you're believing in me, you will never die. Well, once more, theology is the art of making distinctions. And Jesus is making the distinction between eternal death in comparison to physical death. Yes, you'll physically die, but if you believe in me, you will never die eternally. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Now, remember later on when Peter makes that confession, Jesus says, you know, you did not get that from your own mind, but the Father gave that to you. Wow. So, verse 28. When Martha had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Because remember, Martha had come to her sister Mary, according to verse 28, in private. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, and then says the same thing Martha had, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, 
and the Jews who had come with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. That's the entire verse 35. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So they recognize the empathy that Jesus has. And then, of course, they also recognize that he could have kept the man from dying. I mean, he opened the eyes of the blind man. Then on to verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha The sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Now, this is really important to understand because we know what's about to happen, that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's going to do that raising, but it's going to be the glory of God. I mean, how people cannot understand that Jesus is God is beyond me. So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes, that's towards heaven, and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Do you notice what was said here? Jesus simply said, Lazarus, come out. What does that remind you of? In John chapter 1, it's very clear that it says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and nothing was made that was not made by the Word of God, who, according to verse 14, became flesh. That's Jesus. And one of the first things Jesus did in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, let there be light. He just simply said it, and by his Word there was light. It's kind of reminding you of when he went to that wedding and they were short on wine. Jesus said, bring some water. And then with the power of an atomic bomb, that's how much energy would have been taken for all that water to become wine. Jesus simply spoke it and it was all wine. This is Jesus. And guess what? He's working the same way in your life. You too, even though you may die physically, will be raised spiritually. Because the same Jesus who said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth, is also the same Jesus who is going to say your name to come forth on that final day. And if you're still living here on earth... 
then your body will be transformed into a glorious body. That's clearly found in the scriptures. And you will be joined with all the saints in heaven, in both body and spirit, forever and ever, in a place of bliss, where there is no sickness, no death, nothing going wrong. It's interesting to note that in verse 45, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and in seeing what he did, believed in him. But, of course, there's always that group that go to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And so the priests and the Pharisees gather in the council and listen to why they want to get rid of Jesus. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. And John explains in verse 51, He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not for the nation also only, but also to gather into one the children of God who had scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put Jesus to death. In fact, uh, later on, they make plans to put Lazarus to death. In fact, that's found in chapter 12. It says, the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, it's very important to understand why they were believing in Jesus. Because in the raising of Lazarus from the dead, they did not believe in him because he had done a miracle, but because he was fulfilling a prophecy from the Old Testament. Remember, he even speaks to John the baptizer and his disciples that the lame are going to walk, the blind are going to see, the deaf are going to hear, the mute are going to speak, and people will rise from the dead. And then with that message that Mary and Martha knew well, yes, we know that Lazarus will be raised on the last day, but they were not really prepared. And we're having a wonderful time to hear that Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Okay, at uh, this time, I think we're uh, ready for an announcement, correct? Indeed we are, Tom. You are? I am Kip Allen, the voice of news for KFUO Radio and the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And as you know, we have been voting on the uh, presidency for the Lutherans, uh, for the LCMS for the next three years. And it's uh, going to be Matt Harrison. He has been reelected with uh, 51.76 of the votes. And uh, so that he will be taking office officially again at the convention down in Tampa next month. Uh, he defeated uh, the other two people on the uh, ballot were uh, uh, Pastor Timothy Klinkenberg of St. John's Lutheran Church in Orange, California. And he came in third with 8.35% of the vote. 
And then District President, uh, pardon me, Michigan District, District President Pastor David P.E. Mayer uh, came in second with 39.89% of the vote. So it looks like it's going to be President Harrison again for another three years. I think it would be appropriate, if you don't mind, that I might have a prayer. I think it's very appropriate. Heavenly Father, this has been a wonderful time where we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, have the ability to elect that individual that you have chosen to lead us for another three years. That's how we understand our election. And we give you thanks for not only the wonderful work that President Harrison has been doing and will continue to do, but we also thank you indeed that the gospel of Jesus Christ will continue to be preached in a way that is most important in regard to the Christian faith. We thank you of President Harrison's movement, particularly in the area of missions, in the area of education, and other areas. And we know had you chosen one of the other individuals, your promise would be that you would still be with us, working out all things to our good as we kept the word of God in its purity and administered the sacraments properly. But let us give you thanks for this election and ask you particularly to continue to strengthen Pastor Harrison in his work, not only as the president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, but also as an assistant pastor at Village Ledoux, where people really enjoy hearing him preach and his visits. In all these things, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died so that we will never really die like Lazarus, and who lives so that we will live forever. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. So, he already now is going to be president at the convention, which starts when? Uh, it starts, uh, and you're going to ask me that, because <laughs> i got to be down there for it, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to be. Yes, I'm going to be there. It's, uh, I believe these starts on the 20th of July. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's right around in there. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, KFUO Radio will be down there, and we will be broadcasting the convention results and all sorts of exciting things that are going to be happening down there in Tampa, Tom. Are you going to be there, too? Um, no, I've got four congregations I'm dealing with right now, uh, and I'm going to be continuing them. I'm assuming I'll still be having my program from here. I, I would assume that as well, and you need to take that up with Andy, who's our program director, but I'm sure... Who's that on vacation done. right now? Who's on vacation? <laughs> Darn, some guys get so lucky, you know? I know. Um, do me a favor and give me those uh, percentages once more. Okay, certainly. Uh, uh, President Harrison has uh, 51.76% of the vote. Uh, Pastor uh, Meyer had 39.89% of the vote. And uh, Pastor Klinkenberg had 8.35% of the vote. Also, you can find out more information about the election online at, K- at uh, lcms.org. Oh, right. And, of course, through the, uh, the uh, reporter, which is also accessible through that website. And that has all the breakdown and the vote numbers and all sorts of very good information about the election. Yes, I, as I said, in working with four congregations... And uh, they don't have a pastor. Oh dear. The four, and so they, nobody was getting the mail there in charge that they were able to vote. 
And I mentioned that to them and uh, uh, talked to the Secretary of Synod here, who then sent them the appropriate papers. So they did their voting this past weekend. Yeah. And the, the, the voting actually went on for several days, as you know. And yeah, it, think... it, it actually concluded yesterday, but the vote tally wasn't, wasn't uh, finished until today. Well, this is uh, a wonderful, and we know that God is the one who selects the individuals to lead us. Yes. For one reason or another, and I think there's going to be a lot of joy in the Missouri Synod because of the work that uh, President Harrison has been doing. Well, God will guide us. He sure, well, he's been doing it so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just hope he guides you down to Tampa. And uh, have you got your hotel room already? Yeah, yeah, got it set. Uh, You know, we were in Milwaukee last time. Yes. And that was kind of fun. Uh, As you know, my hobby is um, uh, beer brewing and beer sampling, and Milwaukee's a great beer town. And do you know that there's a lot of good breweries down in Tampa, too? I have to say I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Luther was, was very big on that. He said it's, it's, it's better to think about church in the uh, ale house than it is about ale in the church house. Luther was in Tampa? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom. <laughs> All right. I, uh, unfortunately, we're at the end of our program. Uh, thanks for the Bible study, people, that allowed this to uh, take place. We did want to have this announcement coming out. And I appreciate in hearing it, and we thank God uh, for the results, knowing that uh, we're going to be under great leadership again for three more years. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.